What if I told you that happiness was never and will never be permanent? That if you're spending your entire life in the pursuit of happiness, then you're wasting your time. Grab a coffee like I have, because this one is going to be a Henry David Thoreau once said, Happiness is like a butterfly. The more you chase it, the more it will elude you. But if you turn your attention to other things, it will come and sit softly on your shoulder. That quote could not be more true, but I never really understood the meaning of it because what I've been told since I was a kid and what popular media shows us as we grow up and as we transform from children to adults is that life is all about the pursuit of happiness. Just like the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. Constantly chasing and chasing and chasing to reach that material high. The whole idea being the richer we get, the more successful we get, the better we do in our jobs, the happier we're going to be. And we're just going to stay in that permanent state of 10 out of 10 happiness. Bullshit. It doesn't work that way. And the science backs it up. On June 29th, 2018, a study conducted by a team of scientists from Harvard Dartmouth and New York University was published. So what? Plenty of studies are published every month. So why was this one so profoundly important? Because in this study, scientists were able to prove a fault in the human mind, a fault that'll always revert us back to a mediocre 5 to 7 out of 10 on the happiness scale. The reason being, every time we hit a new high, we've just essentially filled our glass to the new half full. So we need to fill it up again. Hence the problem with chasing happiness continuously. During the study, participants were asked one simple question. Is the dot on the screen blue or purple? Sounds pretty fucking simple to me. Pick out the blue ones, pick out the purple ones. And for the first 200 trials out of a thousand, the participants were shown equal numbers of blue and purple dots. The dots ranged within the spectrum, so some were more blue, some were more purple. And as expected, the vast majority of participants recognized the differences relatively well. But an interesting thing happened in the remaining 800 of 1,000 trials. As the new trials came up, the number of blue dots steadily dropped. Uh, participants knew this, and they were even given uh, cash rewards or cash incentives uh, and prizes if they were able to identify a blue dot in the first study and then that same blue dot in some of the last studies. Slash purple dots. My apologies. Um, and, counterintuitive, and counterintuitively, uh, what happened uh, was was participants continued to allude that there was the same number of blue dots as they first started seeing in the first 200 trials, even though they knew and it was obvious that there was less and less blue dots and eventually every single dot was a shade of purple. Participants still picked 
roughly the same amount of blue dots. Yeah, cool study. Doesn't really prove too much though. They went on to trial another two studies. One of which, instead of using blue and purple dots, they used threatening and non-threatening faces. Uh, once again, participants were told to choose the, the difference between a threatening and a non-threatening face. As the trial went on, the threatening faces disappeared until eventually every single face was non-threatening. As expected, participants once again had to balance out the scale. The non-threatening faces which they selected at the start of the trials quickly became threatening faces as those initial threatening faces disappeared. So even though they had identified faces as non-threatening at the start, as the threatening faces disappeared, they began to select previously identified non-threatening faces as threatening. Crazy, right? What they then did was they took, uh, they, were, they were told, uh, participants were told uh, to choose whether studies were ethical or non-ethical. Same thing again, there was roughly the same amount of non-ethical and ethical studies, but as the study uh, went on and as more trials were shown, the number of uh, non-ethical studies disappeared. Again, a funny thing happened. The human mind had to balance it out. It had to find a problem. It had to find a new issue to fix. So the previously ethical studies now became non-ethical. So essentially what this proves is the total impossible impossibility of permanent happiness. How can we ever hope for a full glass if the glass continues to grow in size? How can we ever hope for a full glass if the glass continues to grow in size? So what that means is no matter how much water we put in our glass, water being the metaphorical word for happiness, there's always going to be something else. The grass is always going to need to be greener on the other side in our heads. Because that's how our minds work. And that's how humanity has progressed as far as it has. There's always something to solve, always a new issue. So if not happiness, if not permanent happiness, then what else? What can we focus on? There's a few options, and Socrates put it really well. The secret of happiness, you see, is not found in seeking more, but in developing the capacity to enjoy less. This brings me perfectly to my first point. And if you enjoy reading, by the way, I have written a blog along the lines of this podcast. It's titled The Pursuit of Suffering, <laughs> uh, which is an interesting title, but that's on MasseyBros.com. So if you want to read instead of listening to my dull monotone voice, <laughs> you can jump on MasseyBros.com. Um, so essentially the first point is to enjoy less. And Buddhist monks, amongst other philosophers, have understood the secret for years, for thousands of years. Uh, rather than fight against uh, the other emotions that we have, the emotions we deem as negative, Buddhist monks and uh, those who practice meditation and those who follow uh, the teachings of Buddha are taught to embrace those emotions, taught to identify them as simply what they are, just emotions and thoughts running through the brain, running through the mind. 
emotions and thoughts that we cannot fight, emotions and thoughts that will always uh, be part of our lives. Suffering and pain and anger and uh, excitement and joy and frustration, they're all the same. They're just emotions, just thoughts that we run through our head. So why fight them? Embrace them and enjoy less. Enjoy the fact that you don't, you don't need uh, an accumulation of material wealth for your happiness. It doesn't increase it. All it does is adds more water in the cup, but the cup keeps growing. So the key is to enjoy less. Be happy, be grateful with what you have. Be grateful that you get to have all these emotions, that you get to feel angry, that you get to feel sad, that you get to feel frustration. Because all of these things tend to be associated with moments of learning, moments of growth. Life is just one big growing lesson. There is no destination. The destination is the journey. It's as simple as that. So enjoy the ups and downs. Make peace with them. And you'll find that you begin to enjoy less in life. Another one is to simply understanding that there will be moments of happiness, moments of joy, moments of sadness, moments of anger. It's important to identify what it is that you want in your life uh, that you're willing to accept those conditions with. And what I mean by that is rather than being forced to feel angry, upset, frustrated, um, depressed, anxious over things that you don't feel any sort of purposeful drive or pull towards, why not make the decision yourself and choose the things that you want to suffer through? Pursue meaningful suffering. So what I mean by that is pursue a meaningful relationship where you know things are going to be hard, you know there's going to be challenges, you know there's going to be fights and arguments and disagreements, but pursue it because that relationship gives you purpose, it gives you drive, it makes you stronger, it makes you a better human being. That could be a relationship with your family, it could be a relationship with a friend, it could be a relationship with a loved one. Hell, it could be a relationship with multiple loved ones, if that's the kind of setup you have. <laughs> All I mean is, make the choice. You don't have to unnecessarily suffer. You don't have to unnecessarily feel frustration and anger. You can choose the avenues in which you accept that those emotions will come about. And that can apply to work as well, to your health choose to go to the gym to exercise to eat certain foods because even though at times you might be frustrated that you can't eat a fucking donut you know that that frustration is your choice you're choosing that because health is important to you choose to pursue a career in something that hell you might not be earning that much money in but you do you do it because it gives you purpose it gives you drive it gives you fire in the morning I record this podcast for that same exact reason. I don't make any money off this. You've probably never heard any sort of sponsorship spiel at the start. Um, I do it because I just simply love conversation. Conversation gives me purpose. It helps me grow. It helps me learn. It educates me. And although sometimes it can be frustrating, to me it's worth it. 
to me, that suffering is meaningful. And that's why I pursue it. So find something that's worth suffering through and make that one of your life purposes. And sure, you'll experience happy moments throughout that, but don't expect it to lead to just pure happiness. Because then once again, my friend, your glass is going to grow and you're just going to feel disappointed. Embrace every emotion. So here's some points to take home. I've kind of blabbed on for the past 12 and a half minutes. I hope my blabbing and my chatters left a few little nuggets of learning and growth for you. But if it hasn't, then I hope these next three points will. So point number one for me when it comes to pursuing happiness is figuring out what actually matters to you in life. If an asteroid wiped out everything on the planet apart from you, what would you miss most? Uber Eats or your family? Number two is don't fool yourself with happiness. Accept the terms of life as a human being. This includes suffering, sadness, anger, disappointment, and of course, fleeting moments of happiness. None of these feelings last. They're all in constant flow. So embrace them. And number three is make your choice. Yep, it's true. You can choose what you suffer through in life. So make those things worthwhile. Make them purposeful. Allow them to have meaning to you. Allow them to kickstart your fucking day. Allow them to light a fire in your belly. Pursue those avenues of suffering. Don't pursue the suffering that everyone else pressures you to. If you don't want to earn six figures sitting down on your ass doing a mundane sales marketing job, don't do it. But if you fucking love sales and marketing and you don't care about the money, you're doing it because it gives you purpose and drive, then hell yeah, choose that path of suffering. Just make your choice. Don't let others make your choice for you. When you choose what you wish to suffer through, it no longer feels like suffering. It feels more like meaning. And as Gautama Buddha so elegantly proclaimed to the world, pain is certain. Suffering is optional. That's it for today, guys. I hope those words uh, left some nuggets for you to take away, to take home and to grow and to learn and to um, develop your, your life and to become the person you want to be. I'll be back next week with another podcast. I'm working on a couple more guests to sit down and chat with and share their knowledge. Um, but until I've confirmed that, I won't let you guys know because I don't want to get your hopes up. <laughs> um, but for now, expect me in the next podcast. And if we have a guest, fantastic. That's it for a couple of lattes. And I will see you guys next week.